This week, I'm joined by Dennis Walton, the longtime athletic director at Bitterford High School. Dennis and I go way back to his early days at St. James. It was fun reliving some of those memories through the conversation. Talk a lot about Bitterford High School sports, in particular girl sports, with me having three daughters. It's been fun to follow the teams, bring my daughters to the game, see the success that they've had over the past few years. And then we also talk a lot about the Bitterford Hall of Honor, which is essentially a Hall of Fame for Bitterford High School Athletics. It's something that Dennis runs. He does a great job with it. I'm on a committee with him. We go through the selection process and putting together the event that we have every April at the Little Theater at Bitterford High School. So we are currently looking for businesses to partner with us, trying to make the program self-sufficient in the long term. So he has a lot of cool things to say about it. I think you'll really enjoy that conversation. This is the Randy Forcier podcast. If you can do a huge favor for me, just a couple things. If you can like the podcast on Facebook, that would be great. And then if you could subscribe and listen on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, that would be awesome. So thanks, everyone. Why don't we just dig right into your background? I mean, we go way back to my St. James days, your St. James days. Tell me a little bit about your background, where you started, what you're doing now, and then we'll go from there. Well, from a professional standpoint, I started teaching in 1992 at St. James School. I was a phys ed teacher there for three years, as you know. Uh, the only three years that I spent out of district was at York High School following St. James for three years because it was an opportunity to get my foot in the door to be a social studies teacher. What is that? You see yeah. social studies? Yes, I was a history teacher. And so when That's I came right. back That's from the first, first I heard of that. Um, yeah. Did you still coach locally when you were down in York? I, I, was, co I was in social studies at York and I was coaching football at Biddeford, which they yeah. were fine with. Okay, so for me, that's probably why it seemed like it was consistent. But okay, so St. James, then to York, then where'd you go after that? So 1998 was when I first entered the Biddeford School District, which means I'm on my 24th year. Mm -hmm. I spent 11 years in the classroom and seven years of that time coaching at the varsity level, football, yeah. indoor track, and, and baseball. And then I took over for Don Wilson, God bless him, in 2006. So this is my... 17th year as the athletic director. That's crazy to think it's 17 years. If yes. you're like, hey, how long do you think I've been an athletic director? I'd be like, I don't know, you know, eight years, something like that. Like, yep. just to think it's been 17 years. Exactly. And those are big shoes to fill with Don, right? Like, well, we're. Absolutely. Don was one of those guys that, you know, I feel like had a big impact on me growing up, a big impact on the community, a lot of people. And now you're that to so many more people in the past 17 years, which is pretty cool. Well, Don, Don is the reason why I wanted to do this. When I was in the classroom at the high school, which I enjoyed being in the classroom, that was a great experience. But obviously, I, I have a passion for athletics. And I was just a few doors down from Don's office, and I was in there all the time talking. And he would often be talking about, you know, I got two more years, I got one more year. And he knew that I was, I was very interested in, in taking over that position. That was one of the things I remember about Don, too, was the the idea that his office was kind of a gathering spot for people. You could walk by at any time and, you know, there'd be any number of athletes in there, coaches, and they're kind of hanging out. How different is that now, though, right? Like, your office is in a totally different spot than where his office used to be. The high school's kind of laid out differently from what it used to be. Yeah. Well, after the renovation, things changed drastically. I mean, in, in the old high school, every area was a public area. If you remember the front entrance, I mean, people could walk in and out and they were nowhere yeah. near the front office. And now we have a secured building and yeah. uh, offices are, in, are all in, you know, 
the administrative areas. And so, yes, I have people popping in, coaches and players, but it's certainly not the, the sort of the gathering spot that Don's office was. Yeah, it was totally a hangout spot, which is cool. And that, that was forever ago, which is wild. So, so getting back to those St. James days, I do remember you coached track at St. James, right? And were the athletic director. What else at St. James? I was the PE teacher. That time I was coaching, I was an assistant at the varsity level. Yeah. Uh, under under Ron Willette, yeah. and I decided with the help of my brother Sean, I said, you know what? Instead of shipping our St. James kids over to Biddeford Middle School to have a track program, why don't we just start our own track program? Yeah. And as you probably remember, I still have the first picture, the first team, St. James, and there were over a hundred kids awesome. at St. James School running track. It was easy to recruit because I was the PE teacher, so I yeah. basically recruited every sixth, seventh, and eighth grader I possibly could. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big change because for most of my life growing up, it was always like, you know, football in the fall, basketball in the winter, baseball in the spring. And then we kind of had this track season inserted, I think maybe between basketball and baseball, or I forget exactly where it fit, but I remember when you brought it and it was awesome. Going to the expo with the curved ramps. Yeah. You know, that was, that cool. was great. Yeah. Middle school has four seasons. Yeah. High school has three. And so the nice thing about middle school is it does allow you to expose kids to different sports. A lot of basketball players, you know, running into a track in that, that wedge season, if you will. Definitely. So, so yeah, we go way back. It's kind of, you I mean, you're one of those guys, I think uh, people like you and Mike Fecto, guys that coached me as a kid and then obviously coached me in football. And here we are all these years later, been able to stay in touch and work together on some of the stuff that we'll, we'll talk about, I think has been pretty cool. It sure has. It's gone fast. I, yeah, like you said, 17 years. For you there, I think I graduated high school 22 years ago. You know, it's just, it's wild. I'm at, I'm at that point where you're just like, life's flying by, kids are growing up, all that stuff. Your kids are out of the house, I assume, right? My two daughters, one just graduated from USM and she's 23 and I have, Jamie is my year old. She graduated from Biddeford last year and she's currently at USM pursuing a nursing degree. Yeah, it's wild, man. You know, my, my, my oldest daughter's 10 going on, on 18 too, so it's... <laughs> it's pretty crazy times. <laughs> want to talk to you a little bit about Bedford Sports before we move on to the Hall of Honor, which is one of the main things I want to talk about. But it's been cool to see, since I've been paying attention to it, the success that girls sports in particular managed to have at Bedford. It seems like it's a conversation around town where it's like, man, I can't believe how good you know the softball team is or the volleyball team is or the cheering. It's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bedford has very successful girls sports, at least on the high school level. Yes, we have for a few years now. As you said, you know, we just won a state championship in volleyball. We, we won a state championship last spring in softball. We've won several state championships in, in cheering. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the girls right now are on a roll. And, and what you learn if you're doing this long enough is it's kind of a roller coaster ride. I mean, we're a public, and so we enjoy all this, these successes that we get. But right now, the girls are on a, on a really good ride. As someone that has daughters, it's especially fun, right? Because I think back to... When I was a kid or my kid's age now, the, the boys' sports had more success. Football was very strong. I mean, basketball and baseball were, were really strong, too. And I remember going to state championship football games when I was 9, 10, 11, 12, and kind of aspiring to have that type of success. And, you know, the success of guys' sports aside, it's cool to bring my daughters to these events now so they can look back and be like, oh, I remember when I was at the volleyball championship, which we were at, you know, a few weeks back, and that be a memory for them that same way. And, and draw them towards sports. It's kind of cool how that can have that effect on things. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I, I, one of the sports that won a state championship fairly recently that my daughter was on was the field hockey yeah. championship when she was a freshman. So, I mean, that's not that long ago. It's only four, you know, four or five years ago. And 
They went back to the, the, the regional final. They've had, you know, they've been in the postseason every year, probably since I don't know when, but certainly five, six, seven years. So the, the girls are definitely on a nice run. I never watched much field hockey growing up, but I've watched more in the past couple of years than I ever have because of the success that that team has had. And now all three of my daughters, to some degree, play field hockey. And we're in the stands every time. And yeah, field hockey's been, been great. And volleyball is something I don't think any of my kids had ever even seen as a sport, right? Like, they've never seen volleyball on TV or been to a volleyball match or anything like that. But, like, going to that state championship, they start they start thinking about, oh, I think I'd like to give that a shot. So that's when, when sports becomes really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. This last um, uh, volleyball season was, was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, that's a, a really great group of, of girls. You know, one of the things that's worth pointing out, too, and we always want to win. <laughs> we want to win in every sport, boys and girls, but... When you talk about perseverance and stuff, you know, we won two state championships over the last few months, but people need to remember that, you know, the volleyball team won it this year. Last year, they lost in the state championship game. Softball won it last spring. The year before, they lost in the state championship game. We just had our fall postseason ceremony, and I asked Charlotte Donovan to, to speak. She was a member of both of those teams, and I was really proud of her for her addressing her peers, basically talking about perseverance and learning from falling down and getting back up and becoming that much more determined. You know, her, her message was, was a pretty positive one and a, and a pretty powerful one. Yeah, no, but you're right about that. I'm glad you mentioned it because I think softball lost. Did they, they, did they lose to Scalhegan a couple of years back? And, Correct. And then came back and beat So it's been cool to see those teams be very good, not quite get over the hump, but then do so afterwards. And that volleyball loss last year was especially tough. Oh, going into the fifth set, yeah, that was tough. The last set. But to, to watch them play, and we're kind of going off on girls' sports, but to watch them play, I was nervous for whatever reason, but they were really a dominant team. Like, end of the end of the day, that state championship game like, wasn't that close. I mean, I know it was one of the closer matches, but, like, they won three sets, and it was, you know, they are a good team. Yeah, so it was really cool to see. I know some of those girls are coming back for their respective sports next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's still some very talented girls coming up. As a matter of fact, there's some still very talented middle schoolers. The hockey team was undefeated in the last couple of years. And, you know, you mentioned female sports, but I, I think we've had a lot of successes on the male side too, Randy. I, I think that one of the messages that we are, make loud and clear here is that we don't measure all of our successes on state championships. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. And you know that. You you were a three-sport athlete and and. You know, you didn't walk out of each season with a gold ball, but they were certainly successful seasons and they were rewarding seasons in themselves. I mean, when I when I interview for coaching positions, I always ask them, what is your measuring stick of success? And if they met, you know, if they mention state championships, that's great. But I always remind them if, if that's going to be the measuring stick year in and year out, you're going to fail a lot. Yep. <laughs> because it's not easy to win state championships. It takes talent. It takes luck. It takes it takes a lot of things. And so even on the boys' side, we've enjoyed a lot of successes. The football team, after a really tough season two years ago, bounced back with a 4-4 four and four record this year, and they build on that. Uh, that, was fun to watch. that was fun to watch this year. Be yep. in some of those games and see the successes that they had, the wins that they had. That was a great time. Like you said, build on that for sure. Yep. I know basketball had, had the boys' basketball had a period that was very difficult. and You know, they've managed to, to have some wins. I think they made the playoffs last year. Yes, I think they did. Yep. Yeah, so. Justin's done a really good job with that program. Mm -hmm. He has worked extremely hard, Justin Tardiff. Um, he absolutely does. You know, clinics all the time. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's a great asset to, to the athletic community, Bedford, for sure.
What's coming about hockey? How's hockey changed over the years? I mean, it seems to be one of those sports that we partner up with other school districts now. We have. They're called cooperatives, team yep. cooperatives, and, and we've you've seen them. They were pretty, when girls hockey was introduced a few years back, they were pretty common. Basically, it's when you have girls, or it's, in some cases, it's boys now, because that's becoming very common as well. But, you know, our girls cooperative right now, we have probably a dozen Biddeford girls. We have seven Thornton Academy girls. We have one Wells girl, and that's our, that's our cooperative, Biddeford TA Wells. Same thing on the boys' side. We, we co-op with Massabesic and Olochie Church. Yeah, is it referred to as Boom? Yep, boom is is the is the is the team name that they go by. But it's it's become, you know, there's not many teams now that are not cooperatives. Yeah. You know, hockey's a difficult sport. Hockey's an expensive sport. Hockey is a sport that has opportunity all over the place for these kids to play. So some kids are going club and travel and those types of things. Not playing high school sports. Not playing for high school sports. That's correct. Because part of me feels like more people are playing hockey than ever lately and maybe that's just the people that i associate myself with it seems like everyone's bringing their kids to different hockey stuff but i guess if people are foregoing school sports for these travel teams then i guess that explains the need to do the co-op correct we also partner with ta for wrestling we do yep we're yeah. a bit of a thornton academy wrestling we're the host school so they come here yeah uh, that you know it's funny it's, i'm glad you brought it up cooperatives to some degree, they're a little hard to swallow at first, you know, because we take so much pride in our school and we take so Yeah, much you lose a little bit of that identity, but... You do, and but I think that if you, if you look at education-based athletics and the experiences that it's providing kids, even though we'd love to be standalone in everything, which we are in, in most sports, yeah. if, if a cooperative is what it's going to take to get kids participating, then it's, then it's certainly worth doing. The other thing that it has done is... When you look at the rivalries between, once you form these cooperatives, oftentimes you have kids who have a whole different light on, on the kids across the bridge or 100%. the Kenny Bunk kids who, who have come to us as individuals a few years back to, to participate on our indoor track team. They weren't part of our team. They were still competing as individuals. But I still remember years ago having the conversation with a young lady from Kenny Bunk High School who said, Mr. Walton, I'm not going to lie to you. She goes, I had a whole perception being from Kenny Bunk of, of what it was like in Biddeford. And, and I, I come here and I'm, I'm, I'm blown away at the, at the people you have here, the facilities you have here, and more importantly, the kids and coaches. <clears throat> she, she absolutely loved the experience. And it's good that we were able to afford them the opportunity to do that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the friendships that are formed, uh, yeah, that's, that's invaluable. I look back at sports. That's the thing that probably everyone takes away is those friendships. So to have friends in other towns. It's kind of different too with social media nowadays for kids. I feel like, and that's a whole other way, I don't know the downside of it as much, but like the good side is that like people are able to stay in touch, you know, know each other a little bit more. I remember football back in the day before the Battle of the Bridge game, we would do this dinner at, I think the old Elks Club, or I forget where it was, but you sat across from the Thornton guys. But like, he was alumni. Yeah, exactly. You didn't really know them that well. You maybe knew some names just from whatever was in the Journal Tribune, or maybe you just knew a couple of them here, here, there, growing up. But now I imagine like everyone knows each other with social media and all the different different stuff going on. So it's a it's a little bit of a different world. Social media, Randy, and these and the travel teams that we referred to. A lot of these kids are playing together. You know, yeah. travel baseball, travel lacrosse, travel. It doesn't matter what the sport is. We have travel everything now. Yeah, and it has changed a lot. So. So that's cool to see. I'm glad to hear that's been a positive thing for the school. What about the special ed basketball games? Unified basketball. Unified. Yeah, one of the best things they ever implemented. When did that come into existence? Oh, geez, I couldn't give you the year that it came into existence. I mean, we've been doing it for 
well, COVID put a pause on that for a couple of years, but we've done probably three or four seasons. Yeah. We hire a couple of special education teachers to coach. They practice a couple of times a week. Yeah. The practices are great. And what they get fundamentally is one thing. It's just the experience is phenomenal to get those I, kids. I, I'm able to go to any of them. I would look forward to going to some in the future, but I hear it's just such a good time. You know, there's a lot of energy in the crowd. It's such a positive experience. Is that something that has been going on in other communities over the years and Bitford just kind of started to participate in it? Or is it something that was collectively started? Yeah, it started a few years before we got involved. But again, one of the best things we've done, there's partners, you know, we recruit partners, regular ed students who make up half the team and, and they're out on the court with the special needs kids. And those, those special needs kids just feel like they are playing in the NBA and, and the people in the stands are just, they go crazy with every basket. We try to make it as special as we can. We do the announcing, we do the national anthem. I mean, it's a basketball game. It's, it's treated just like any other game. Post game, sometimes we do pizza with the other team and yeah. you know, they wear the Biddeford uniform. It's just great. We, we often will do it before a varsity game because we know it's going to attract even more, more kids. Uh, we put it out there and our kids show up. Our, our student body shows up to watch and support those kids. That's awesome. Do you already have some scheduled for this year, I assume, at this point? We have an eight games scheduled. It's not been made public yet. They start later than the rest of the winter seasons. Yeah. They'll start practicing in early January and then they'll be will kick off later in the month. But home games and, and four away games. I'll definitely plan to bring the kids to, a, to at least a couple. So that's great. Other thing I wanted to ask you about was something, something about the beak, the beak squad. Yeah. That was not a thing for me growing up, but like, tell me about the origin, origins of the Beak Squad. Who started that? What, what is that all about? That's the basically bit of the fan section of any sporting event. Yeah, the Beak Squad has been around since I've been here. They, they organize, it's, the, it's really, it's the student fan section is, mm -hmm. is what it is. They've organized, you know, before I even got here and, and they order t-shirts that say Beak Squad on them. And again, they just, they're the support system. They've got a Twitter account. They communicate with each other. I did something a little different this year, Randy. I, uh, I formed a group of about 12 Beak Squad members and I, I met with them early fall. We had pizza yep. uh, during, during our advisory and it was one of the best things I've done. I mean, it's an opportunity for me to get to know those kids better. That was probably the only downfall of leaving the classroom is you just don't get to, to have those personal connections that you do in the classroom. But we met as a group and we talked about what the expectations were. And my message to them was more of, I don't want it to be, a, you're going to adhere because I'm telling you so. My big message was, I want you to understand where I'm coming from. I don't want you just to comply. I want you to understand. And they had a tremendous fall. They were supportive. They were they were positive. My, my big message, and this won't surprise you, is that, you know, I I grew up in this community. So this community and this school means a lot to me and how we represent this school and this community is incredibly important. Yeah. And it's not just the kids on the court, but the kids in the stands are also representing. And I just wanted them to, you know, to understand that and it, things have gone very well. Love the energy they bring to all the sporting events that I see. Absolutely. I, I, Great, great crowd of kids that are following in all these different sport, sporting events. So I see, you know, I see my kids look at the Beak Squad. And I think they look forward to being in there someday with everything that they got going on. Absolutely. So that brings us to the Bitterford Hall of Honor, something that we're both working on, something I want to spread the word on. It means a lot to me. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what that is? Well, the Hall of Honor was established in 2013, so we're coming up this April on our 10th anniversary. That year, we inducted our first 16 members. We did 16 for three years. If you remember the old format, we used to, the first ceremonies were held actually before basketball games. 
Uh, we really didn't have much funding. We, you know, we funded the, the the glassware we call it that we present to them through the school. You know, it was it was done before a basketball game. I thought it was well done, but the goal from day one has always been to improve and to grow. And I think that we've done really great things. One of the best things we did three years ago, move the ceremony from a pre-basketball game a format to a more formal format in our auditorium. Over the last few years, we've narrowed the amount of inductees down. It went from 16 to eight to mm -hmm. five. At the beginning, the 16 was like, we have a lot of catching up to do because yeah, we have so many worthy people. But last year we had five inductees. It was very formal, as you know, you were there yeah. in, 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 the, in the auditorium, you know, and, and again, the, the object is every year we want to make it a little bit better than it was the year before. I'm proud of where we're at, but as you know, from our meetings, it's the, the goal is to not, you know, to not settle. How can we make it better? And that's kind of where we're at right now. I wasn't involved with the committee when you were doing the ceremony any place other than the auditorium, but. I will say it's a perfect fit in there. The, the amount of space that we have there, the setup of it on the stage with the inductees, I think is perfect. Even from the first one that I was involved in to the most recent one, I mean, the production value is great. You know, the, the video stuff, just the whole the way the programs run, the speakers that we have, it's it's a top-notch event. So um, yep. good job by you getting that set up. What made you decide to set up the whole one? Is this something that someone asked you to do? Is this something that you thought would make sense for us to do in our community? Where did that all come from? This, this initiated with actually conversations with Mayor Casavant and Superintendent Ray. That's where it kind of started and got it off the ground. But the whole intent, I mean, there's more than one intent to the Hall of Honor. That Obviously, the main intent is to honor those people that have, that have come before us. You can go in as an athlete. You can go in as a, a coach. You can go in as a contributor, which means technically you don't even have to have graduated from Biddeford. You may have just been very involved in a different way. What it has grown into for me and I think for our for our school is it's almost becoming more of a it's not it's the honoring part's important, but it's becoming a history lesson. Yeah. If you go to the website now, we have a very very formal Hall of Honor website. Every single biography of all ninety inductees are in there. They will always be there. I think that it serves as a inspiration for our current athletes. As you know, those names are up on the wall in in Tiger Gym, and I, you know. There's been more than one occasion where I've had kids in the lobby where you know they congregate in the lobby all the time, whether they're waiting for a bus or whatever, and they talk about those names. That's my grandfather. That's my grandmother. You know, and they there's some big names. There's some big names. Really, really big names. It's remarkable. Male, female, just it's yep. unbelievable. And so, you know, that's another thing is it's it's starting to serve as a history point, and that's why as we start to seek out partners for the Hall of Honor, you know, we just recently secured a partnership with the MacArthur Library. And in exchange, they're going to do research for us. They're going to oh, do yes. some archiving there themselves. We've partnered with the Heart of Biddeford, who will help promote our program. I think just being associated with that group is, is huge. Yeah. And having their support is huge. And I think they can, certainly we will promote them. We've connected with the Biddeford Historical Society, who is also willing to start looking up some things for us. Mm -hmm. So, again, we're moving in the right direction. Some great things are happening. So those organizations are going to help the Hall of Honor in certain ways, logistically, it sounds like, but we're looking for partners beyond that, right? Financial partners, people that want to be members of the community that help support the Hall as well. Absolutely. One of the things over the last three years that we've started to move towards and, and work towards is becoming financially independent of the school in hopes that we can continue to grow and continue to do great things uh, and to fund that program. And, and again, we want it to be a classy uh, ceremony, which I think it is. Last year, we implemented the, the post 
ceremony social, yep. uh, which we had, which was outstanding. People rubbing elbows, former inductees attended. It was great, and we want to continue with that. But the day's coming where we may have to start paying for some of those venues as we continue yeah. to grow. Yeah. I think you know some of the funding too is we, we'd like to find more ways to continue to to honor the people that have already come. We don't want it to be you've had your moment, but you've already been inducted. It's time to move on. We want to continue to communicate with those people. Uh, it's a big item, but someday we'd love to move towards a digital kiosk in our Tiger Gym lobby. It's in, that was in pretty a impressive. interactive world we live in. You know, those biographies in the case are beautiful. They're nice, but to be able to have a kiosk in Tiger Gym lobby where it's touchscreen, where you can go to the year you want, to the person you want, to the photo you want, those things would be fantastic. But those things take you know, they take funding and they take yeah. partnerships and that's where we're going with the partners. Well, it is a work in progress, but after 10 years, I don't know what you envisioned it to be like when you started it, but I mean, it seems to me like it's been successful just with what it's grown into and the fact that we're even taking on partners and doing the things that we're doing and talking about stuff like this kiosk and being self-sufficient funding-wise, I think things are moving in the right direction. They certainly are. And again, the, the, the partnership, you know, one of the things we talked about is we're not Look, are we looking to, to raise funds for this program? Of course we are. But we, we don't want sponsors per se. You know, we don't want donations per se. That's really what it is at the end of the day. But we really mean it when we say we want partners. Yeah. We have such a great thing going in this community, you know, from, from the downtown to the schools to our facilities. And, you know, partners is what we're looking for. Right? We have window decals for people who are interested in, in becoming partners. Let's say we are proud partners of the Biddeford Hall of Honor. There's an opportunity to go on our website if you're interested in reading more about it and making a donation. There's also on the website an opportunity for individuals who want to make donations, and we've had people do that. And of course, we're going to recognize them at the ceremony. They'll be in the program, you know, and in, in, in we've also been able to recognize them through social media. Yep. I'll be sure to spread the word on that too. At the point we are in, you know, it's going to be December tomorrow. Are we still looking for nominations of potential inductees or is that a wrap for the season? As far as the class of 2022, I would say that's a wrap. We have our final meeting, as you know, next Tuesday, we've had several meetings. You know, the selection process isn't a one day, let's get together and decide this year who we want to induct. There's a lot of thought that's put into it. And I think at this point this year, we have the pool that we'll be working with and narrowing. But believe me, we're always looking for applications and we're already talking about next year. You know, we're already talking about individuals who are on the table this year, who oftentimes will leave and say, that is a, you know, a very strong candidate for 2023. But the way the inductees come about is through a nomination from somebody, correct? Nomination from somebody. It's yes. not like committees meeting, just kind of picking people out of thin air. It's There's an application. There's an application on the website. I would I would really encourage anyone to go into the Biddeford Athletic website and go to the Hall of Honor tab. The the criteria is there, the applications are there, the biographies are there. It's an also a place where you can make a contribution. Yeah. You know, sometimes one of the things we talk about is sometimes names will be brought up. Sometimes it's hard to get an application on someone from 1955. <laughs> yeah. I think the oldest inductee we have might be from the mid-1930s. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to work backwards. What we mean by that is the committee will bring a name up and then we'll bring that name forward and say, now we need to do our work on this individual. Again, yeah. that's where a MacArthur Library may come into, come into yeah. play. And then we, we, we try to reach out to community members, people that we may be connections, that may be connections, grandson, granddaughter. And that's what yeah, we call people move to. We have to track people down out of state yeah. over the past 
couple of years. So yeah, there is some effort that gets put into that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Honestly, I applaud you with what it's turned into. I think it's one of the things that makes the community special here in Bedford. I don't know that other communities have something like the Hall of Honor, but from my point of view, I think it's a top-notch thing that you're doing there. So thank you for your effort on that. Thank you. And if I could make a quick thank you as well, our recent partners that I'd like yeah, to please do. mind, Jim Godbu Plumbing. We're very thankful. MV Productions, although they're not local, that is Matt Forcier, who this school is very near. You might know him. Recent partners, Joe McKinney Photography as well. And Joe's also is willing to do the photography at our ceremony in April. And that's the other thing too, you know, we're looking for funds. There's no doubt about that, but there's also a lot of opportunities for income partnerships as well. Maybe you have a facility that we could host a social at that you'd be willing to donate that, you know, that would certainly make you a partner of ours. This community is, is very well connected and we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of connections. I'd love to tap into those. We just talked about MacArthur Library, Historical Society, Heart of Biddeford. We're reaching out to everyone and hoping to, to continue to grow. Well, let's keep spreading the word. Absolutely. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Randy. Awesome. All right. We'll talk soon. See you. Talk soon.